for listening to the Folk Podcast. If you would like to become more involved with the Wisdom of Odin community, please think about donating to Patreon. At the lowest tier, you gain access to our community Discord. Uh, the next tier, you gain access to live streams. And of course, at the final tier, you gain early access videos, as well as your name in the end credits for all Wisdom of Odin videos. Thank you so much for watching, and thank you so much for whatever support you're able to provide. Hello, my name is Jacob, and welcome to episode 33 of the Folk Podcast. And happy Easter! I'm just kidding. <laughs> like, <laughs> never mind, that's a bad joke. Don't start with that. Everyone, everyone's going to run away. Happy O-Star, everybody, because we're recording this on Easter Sunday, or O-Star uh, Sunday, as we were kind of joking at the beginning of this podcast, as I just got done filming my uh, Norse Gods of Spring video. And so, like, finding, like, further diving into the fact that, you know, Easter is ironically very heathen and it's one of the most celebrated christian days absolutely hilarious to me um so immediately after this podcast i have to go uh celebrate easter sunday with my family so this this will be great uh no pressure at all um but anyways that's not what we're talking about today because you're actually listening to this a week after easter sunday so today we're going to talk about the hall because it's been a long time since i mentioned anything about it um so for the most part, I just have shirt today and Ian uh, uh, Baker got taken away on a secret family vacation. Um, I have no idea what that means, uh, but we're I'm going to kind of deliver information that I have because I haven't talked about it publicly in a while. And there's a reason for that. So I'm going to talk about it, like give any updates I can give, give where it is, give what the idea is and the plan is. Um, but then I want to open the conversation up to all of us and we can just talk about how we envision the hall, how it would be, what would be there, our dreams, our hopes, our aspirations. Um, for anyone that ha hasn't really listened to that yet, again, it has been a while since we talked about it. And I think it'd be good for all of us to daydream for a little bit and talk about what we envision a heathen temple, a heathen hall to look like in this modern age. Um, so just to give you know an update, basically where it is, well, let me take a step back. So you might be listening to this podcast and you actually haven't heard me talk about this, even though we say until the hall at the end of every video, you might think that's a catchy thing. Uh, it's not, it actually, do well, yes it is, but it also has a an important uh, significance to it. Um, a long time ago, I think <laughs> February of last year, which does feel like a lifetime ago after 2020, <clears throat> um, but in February of last year, I made a video, I think it was why wait till the hall? And I started talking about making a heathen hall, but then, actually brought it into the modern gatherings in the sense I was like, let's have a gathering, let's make our own halls wherever we are. Um, and that's kind of where we still are in the sense that it's like, this has become such a focal point for the wisdom of Odin, um, the community around us. And so we're just having these gatherings. It's like, it seems like every weekend there's another gathering happening, which is awesome. Um, so that's kind of what it transitioned into quite a bit, but that doesn't mean we're not seeking a physical location because after dealing with many issues with Airbnbs, uh, not to mention the planning process of getting them, um, the price of getting them, um, you know, getting a hall built, getting some form of land, getting something is still top on our list. Um, but the reason I have talked about it publicly, I used to tease a little bit back September, August last year, because we got pretty darn close. I mean, we got within a day of buying land, like one day and things fell through legally um, just because like deeds and stuff like that. So we ended up not getting a land purchase. So that kind of set us back and we had to recalibrate what we were looking for. Um, and now when I say we, you know, I, I mean myself within the community, um, you know, obviously we're going to have, you know, volunteers and things like that help build this thing. Uh, but I also, you know, do have some people, you know, helping alongside that, um, you know, we're all really excited to get this thing going. Um, but 
what we're at right now is trying to figure out what should come first. Should we buy a piece of land with a house already on it? That way we can already have gatherings. Um, and then once we build a structure, do we, you know, then have like myself live there to, you know, facilitate the land? Um, you know, how will the land, you know, be purchased? Um, you know, we do have some money set aside for it. And, you know, like we have a price range. We kind of know what we want. And it's just finding the right piece. I mean, I don't think people realize, like, if you're just buying a piece of land for yourself, it's pretty easy because, I mean, or easier because you don't have to worry about things like mineral rights. You know, one of the things that could happen, especially here in Kentucky, is that most of the mineral rights to the land has already been sold off, which means at any time, a company that owns your mineral rights could show up and be like, hey, there's coal on your land. We're going to mine for it. Or, hey, there's natural gas on your land. We're going to mine for it and destroy the land you own. So it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, short thinking people usually didn't worry about when they sold it off. They're like, well, they won't do that in my lifetime, but now we're getting screwed in this lifetime because people are coming through with the mineral rights and then destroying your land. Um, and so it might not happen for the next 50 years or 80 years, but it could happen in the next hundred years where someone shows up and decides to destroy the land you built on. And if your hall's right on top of that natural gas source, they're gonna dig under it and you know all kinds of stuff, it's a mess. Um, and then all of a sudden you start looking in like, oh, well, I'll, I'll go to upstate New York. Okay, you start looking up there and you find out that a lot of land in upstate New York uh, is uh, industrial waste dumps that have grown over. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then like little things, like if you decide to buy a piece of land in Oregon, you cannot legally connect, uh, uh, like collect natural rainwater, which is a bizarre law. So then you have the bizarre law problem about certain places of land. And then becomes like, hey, if you want to buy land on the West Coast, who's going to go out and look at it, inspect it? So it's a lot is what I'm trying to say is there's so many factors into purchasing land that you know, we are taking every precaution necessary to make sure we get the right piece of land um, that will last for generations to come. Um, and that's kind of where we're at. We're still searching for land. It's slow. I mean, everything in the world's slow right now still, even though everything's are slowly starting to open back up, things are still in a slow process. You know, when we say, we say, hey, I like that piece of land, sir. Would you like me to purchase that land? Wonderful. And then the like the email exchange, uh, you know, happens. All of a sudden, okay, let's have an inspector go out. Let's go have an electrician come out. Let's have you know a sewer person come out. A you know a person to actually like you know scope the land out to see if it's safe for landslides. Because let me tell you, landslides are something I didn't think I'd have to worry about in my lifetime. But <laughs> it seems like every piece of land, they're like, oh yeah that's going to cause a landslide real quick. And you're like, oh, darn it. <laughs> so there's a lot of factors into this. Um, so I think that's why, you know, it hasn't happened to, you know, some great community extent is because it does require a lot of work. Because a lot of people, I feel like, dream of it. A lot of people say, like, let's just build a heathen, uh, a heathen hoff. And then they actually look into how what it, what it takes. And it's a lot. So, you know, we're still staying diligent. We're still working. Um, it's just like, there's not a lot to report. I don't want to post every time, guys, I just found this sweet piece of land. And then it fall through like 99% of them will. Um, but let me tell you, the moment we get that one, we're going to let you know. Um, but we really are continually searching, always, you know, always looking for the next best thing. Um, every state in America is on the list. Uh, probably, maybe not Hawaii, but like Alaska has been on that list before. Um, so we're looking, we're looking a little bit of everywhere. Um, you know, we want to, I mean, quite frankly, the wisdom of Odin community is mostly structured around the East Coast. So I think it makes the most sense to make it on the East Coast, um, just because we have so many people here. Um, and it's, you know, we want it to be travel safe. <laughs> Again, it's that weird thing. 
where it's like you want rural, you want it to be secluded so no one bothers you, but also you don't want it to be so secluded that then it takes forever to get to um, and get supplies to and stuff like that. And then you want to make sure it's in a community that's open to you doing strange religious things, but also isn't so uh, like so constrictive that they're going to like control what you do or hate you. And oh, it's a lot. But I've been talking way too much. So let's bring the other guys in this conversation because let's talk about our hopes and dreams for the hall. So Ian, let's start with you. What are your hopes and dreams for the hall? Oh boy, my hopes and dreams for the hall. I mean, yeah, I remember back in you know, like the August, September timeframe when you were teasing and you were sending, you know, the wind photos of certain pieces, you know, the piece of the property that <clears throat> you originally were looking at and almost got. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely exciting to kind of picture, you know, putting certain things there or like imagining this amazing hall in, you know, some of these locations and stuff like that. I mean, my personal hopes and dreams is obviously that it gets made and it gets built, you know, something is found. But, um, you know, I, I my biggest thing is I, I want it to be a good place for everybody to to come together and you know share their experiences and share their stories and everything like that and just kind of like what like what with the gatherings you know we have people coming from all over and and just just vibing you know is the best way to describe it you know I mean, they, people that have never met each other before outside of the discord come together at a gathering and most of the time i mean honestly every time from what i've experienced everybody you know uh, connects very well, some more than others, you know, it's, you know, it, it's just that everybody feels like family. There's no weird, uh, you know, awkwardness to initially meeting some of these people for the first time. And that's the biggest thing that I'm, I'm hopeful for is that it becomes something like that for the larger community as a whole, where people will, you know, make their way out there and there'll be people there already. And you can just, just sit down and enjoy other the company of other pagans you know and just share your stories um i know kind of you know what, like what you were saying looking into lands and stuff like that a lot of the individual people that are in charge of like the regions and the discord a lot of us have also looked at like individual regional halls you know so that way like it'd be kind of a thing where there's multiple like smaller halls across you know the entire united states for like each region that's in the discord because in that way yeah not everybody's going to necessarily be able to make it out to all the way to the east coast or the west coast to a hall or something like that or depending on where this lo the location is but um you know long term i think that would be really awesome to have multiple per region and then you can kind of you know design and build them based off of your that region that it's built in you know and have it, it each one have like its own little flavor and you know signature touches and things like that so Texas would basically be a cowboy ranch. I mean, that's what you created as. Sure. I mean, you have to put on your uh, your twenty gallon hat when you walk in the the hall door. Right. Right. <laughs> I'm, I'm just I'm going with the stereotype already because that's what everybody thinks. We ride horses and wear cowboy hats here. You're wearing a cowboy hat right now. No, I'm not. This they can't. They don't know that. That's true. They don't know. That. <laughs> uh, no. Uh, one thing that I would really like, and this kind of goes like with what the video game Assassin's Creed Valhalla did is like how they got to, the vault got together and like would share stories in like a hall or whatever like kind of like how we do at gatherings you know where you got all the different groups of people but then all of a sudden like the, they burst out in the songs or like someone starts telling the tales of the gods like 
that's one thing that I've always loved being a people person. And so like for me, that that's the main dream for a hall is to have a big communal place where we can all gather like at least like a hundred or so people in one hall, just like, you know, chanting and, and roaring and laughing and just being people as we are. That's one of the main things that I would love to see happen. And that's probably also my favorite part of that video game at the very beginning. So I think um, one of the things that I'm really excited for, because obviously we, we've all experienced the, the funny cultural traditions that get popped up um, at each gathering that we have that have now, you know, just like rippled effect, domino effect away um, through so many gatherings, even ones that, you know, maybe the person that originally started something didn't attend, um, you know, like uh, like Logan's chickpea soup that thing pops up at every single gathering now, like, and he doesn't even make it half the time. <laughs> um, or, you know, like when I make my, you know, grandfather's egg roll pizza wrap recipe, it's not inherently pagan. It's not inherently heathen or Northern religion, Northern countries, but it's still us. It's our culture. It's what we've become. And I think that's, what's beautiful about this is we don't, we don't need a book to tell us to make chickpea soup. It's just something that started happening. And now 120 years from now, hopefully they'll be sitting here like, why do we make this? And like, we started that tradition. And it's like, that's, I feel like why we're heathen, why we're pagan, why we want to build this hall is so that things like Logan's chickpea soup become more concrete. They get a place, a physical place. It's, it's not something that just happened at all these random Airbnbs. It's something that happens at a place. You know, I want a like witch's cauldron on a massive fire with chickpea soup in it and like a old hag with a wooden spoon stirring that thing. <laughs> like, that's what I want to see. Um, and I think the, you know, the thing I really like from gatherings that happens is something that really surprised me is these um, like God trees or random altars that pop up throughout the woods during the weekend. Um, because people just naturally do that. That's something that's, again, seems to be just like within ourselves is that we create these sacred spaces for these deities. And once again, after over three days, you know, we usually make it out of temporary things. But when we have an actual structure, when we have actual land, when we start say, this is an Odin tree, you know, or this is a frayer wall or a frayer waterfall, we can actually do things that are more permanent, you know, like put in stone walls around the Odin tree, um, you know, hang things from it. Um, we can, you know, uh, leave candles, things behind, we can leave bigger offerings and things like that. So that's one of the things I'm most excited for is seeing how um, these cultural things like the Odin trees um, and other altar locations continue to develop um, in a more permanent location. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's, that's always something that I hate having to necessarily like tear down or break down after gatherings is some of these sacred spaces that, you know, either you yourself has set up for a particular deity or, or another individual has and you're helping them, you know, because it, it, like you said, some of these sacred spaces that we've, that we've set up at gatherings have had tremendous effects on people as far as like spiritual experiences go. Um, you know, and it's, it's almost, it's a little sad having to step away from that spot and essentially reset it and put it back to a state of, you know, how you found it. Um, you know, and who knows if you will ever go potentially to back to that same Airbnb or that same location. So yeah, it, it's, I think it would be an amazing experience and an amazing thing to have more permanent structures like that, because say you have, you know, like, uh, like an example, like the, an Odin tree, right? You have several people that have these, you know, very, very intense and deep connections or an experience at that particular location, 
and now that it is, you know, a per, starts to become a permanent setup, they can go back to that same place time and time again that had such a huge effect on them. You know, and each time they come back to that, that spot, <clears throat> say they live, you know, on the West Coast, right? They make a trip over to wherever the hall is, say if it is on the East Coast, and they have this crazy experience at this particular location with Odin. And then, you know, they go back to the West Coast and process that whole thing. And it's like potentially changed their lives, you know, for the better. And then they go back, say like a year or six months or, you know, years later, potentially, if, you know, depending on how they can get out there. And then they go to that same location as a changed person and potentially have, you know, they can almost show themselves as like, look, this is what you taught me. This is what I experienced from being here before. I am now a different person. Do you have something else for me? You know what I mean? So it's like that constant evolution of our practice, you know, and kind of going back to a location that had a, a major impact on you. Right. And well, not only that, like, let's say that that person that goes to the Odin tree and Odin, all, uh, you know, all father changes them in some way. Uh, and then they have a kid and they want to teach their kid about Odin then they can go back to where they had their own experience and say, you know, son, daughter, you know, this is where I met the all, this is where the all father changed me. Maybe you can have that same experience here, but this is a moment that was very dear to me. And then not only are you sharing your culture with it, but you're potentially growing it even more. And then it can become a tradition for your family to like as a like a rites of sorts of uh not initiation do not want to use that term um write a passage passage yeah yeah you know and that's that's something that would be really good if we had our own hall you know because you could have the odin tree the freya waterfall you know all these different things set up and Ian wouldn't have to worry about the elves throwing stuff at him whenever every time he leaves. Oh, no, I mean, stuff at me. yeah, I was about to say the elves will always throw things. <laughs> <laughs> you no, know, yeah, that kind of goes back to like what Jacob, what you were saying, you know, with that, that those traditions that kind of stay like with Logan's chickpea soup and your, you know, the pizza rolls and stuff like that. Like there'll be, it'll be a more concrete, permanent thing. And yeah, it'll be a form of like tradition of potentially, you know, bringing your children and then, you know, your children's children potentially bringing them, you know, uh, to those same locations that you had experiences at or they had experiences at and it, it, it continues that that legacy of this way of life which is how you know things were you know you would have these areas that were dedicated to the gods and these temp temples you know quote unquote and um you know they would that's what they would do they would bring their children to learn to have these experiences or to be like hey this is you know where i had this experience and it's it's I, I feel like as a whole community it's a lot more of an impact to physically go somewhere and then have an experience you know like some people have experiences you know at their homes during you know during their own self-practice at home and everything like that but to actually go somewhere where other people have also gone to and put like that good energies and stuff like that and just having people that have had those same experiences at that location it's just it's it's just a lot more Oh yeah, for sure. Um, and something that, you know, it's this interesting thing where we have this strange balance of over-romanticizing the past, but also taking from what we know of the past and then and making that fantasy real. 
like we know that the ancestors had halls. We don't know really what they did in those halls. You know, we know most likely they feast, they drank, um, they celebrated, and they, you know, probably venerated the old gods in these halls. Um, like I know I was watching, I think it was the video Grim Frost put out where uh, I think it was Neil Price talks about, and I like Neil Price's books. Um, he talks about how it seems like that in most places, the Hof was the temple. Like certain, like Uppsala, yes, there was a temple. There were temples scattered throughout, you know, uh, Norway and Scandinavia. But for the most part, in most villages and tribes, it seems like the Hof was also the religious center, a place where celebration happens. And I think we do have this also misconception that counters the fantasy as well, where we think that the people of the North, the people of Scandinavia were these very stern, hard unhappy individuals or just like these brutish Vikings. When at the end of the day, most people in life seek happiness. Like I think this has been a universal human trait is that we want to laugh. We want to love, we want to have fun. And one of the only ways to have fun back then was uh, to feast, to celebrate, to dance, to sing, to create things. Um, you know, they didn't have the entertainment we have now. We take entertainment for granted. I mean, this is one of the biggest things in the military, especially during World War One and World War Two, is that Soldiers got bored and they had to find a way to entertain soldiers as they waited on the front lines for stuff to happen. Um, you know, most of World War I was waiting. And so they had to do things like print newspapers off and, you know, uh, you know, bring them violins and instruments and things like that stuff to keep them busy. Um, and it was no different back in, you know, a thousand years ago, 2000 years ago. People got bored and they well, wanted especially to Especially during winter. Oh, yeah, especially during winter. Um, <laughs> you know, you know, because you're all huddled inside your building. So you gotta find something and like that's the community center man oh that's, yeah that's where it went yeah so i think you know the re like again i think people are really hard on the past and thinking that no one wanted to have a good time i think they did want to have a good time and but yes i do think we also fantasize too much about what it would have been like but why not you know fantasy usually means something better but we have the capabilities now to make that fantasy a reality while also still venerating the past. We can create a hall where there's just people singing and dancing and playing instruments. Um, you know, we're creating, you know, we're playing, you know, Neffeltoffel, but we're also making our own games. Like I've wanted to make a shield wall game for a while with like, you know, like a tug of war shield wall game. And like, you know, we can create new culture and a new identity at the same time as venerating the past um, and, and creating this like, you know, like, I don't know if the ancestors ever did God trees. I don't know if they went up to a tree. Well, I mean, we, we do know they had Thor groves and things like that. Um, and the, the Slavs actually venerated lightning struck trees. So, you know, they probably did too. Yeah. So they, they did that too. Never mind. <laughs> Something with the trees and pagans. Uh, uh, yeah. just draws us. But definitely, I mean, just like the hall is just where it was at because, I mean, you, you're in a community, you knew everybody. It's not like how it is today where, you know, you're in this town of a thousand, two thousand, or however many, and you only know a select few people. You know, back then it was what, 20, 30 in a village at most, maybe if it was a big village and like they knew everybody. And then you would go to the main hall and that's where you would feast and the marriages. Most of your religious practices probably took place. The other temples were probably only used here in special times well yeah you had the strange like the heathen hoff traditionally was a strange mix of a religious cultural and political center because basically everything happened there it was like the the you know the grandest town hall that has ever existed um you know and human beings have done this for a long time we usually have one building that is designated for you know political uh, you know religious needs and things like that um but also we know from the germanic people in tacitus that um you know 
everyone had a vote. It was a very open society. While yes, there was Jarls and things like that. Uh, they were also, you know, pretty adherent to the people that, you know, followed them because when you have a village of 30 to 40 people and you're one against 39, you're pretty screwed. Um. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think the pirates borrow from that, you know, because the captains were always elected and they had only full commander in battle. That was about it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because no one actually wants to take full command during battle. <laughs> right, right. But that's, yeah, I 100% agree with what you're saying, though. Like, you know, everything happened there. So, one, because uh, I do actually want to talk about how we envision this thing, or at least how it's been talked about now uh, as the months have gone by of how this thing will be run. I do want to talk about that. But before then, I do want to bring up one more thing about what I'm excited for is um, the veneration of land spirits. So, something I've noticed, you know, when we go to gatherings is that like the, the forest or wherever we have it seems asleep or kind of the energy's low. But by the time we leave, and especially if we do like a land vatier ritual, you can just feel the energy change all around you um and i think this is no more evident than when we did uh the central ostara and the first night we did a land vatier ritual i did a full thing with like the trees and connecting with the trees um and there was actually like a chapel there um where babushka uh, did his rune ritual which was an awesome spot like huge the biggest oak tree i've ever seen there so it's like of course like giant oak tree but in the dead center was a cross, like this massive wooden cross. And so the first thing we did is we took it down. Uh, so we ended up taking down this cross and like hiding it on the property. And we put it back up because like we didn't want to disrespect the property owner. But the moment that thing went back up, you felt the energy of the place just die. Like it was like an like you could feel what happened the moment that cross went up again like you know the, the understanding of like we were here to venerate the land old gods the natural energies and now the symbol for that not being a thing went back up and so it, it was wild and i think now that we won't have to put that cross back up nor have one in the first place um you know actually staying on land venerating the local spirits for extended period for i mean potentially as long as we own the land and as long as we're alive having that energy and that relationship with our local spirits continue to grow. Yeah, I mean, that, that was a big thing for the gathering that Sherd and I put on in, in Texas back in, in October. Um, you know, the, the property owner himself, and we, you know, when we were leaving, we were packing up our cars and et cetera, um, you know, he came over and that morning and was talking to us and asked us what our stay was and kind of what, you know, what brought us all there. And there was a point where he said, I don't know what y'all did, but you changed the land for the better. Like, I can feel it. Like, I can feel that energy. So, yeah, that is a, you know, and he wants us to go back. Like, that, I remember that was a thing where he wanted us to, Dude, you know, we they, were more than welcome. They, yeah, yeah. No, they, they, I have a really good relationship with them now. Like, me and them talk. Like, yeah, exactly. They, they so, keep asking when we're going to come back. And I'm like, well, I'll bring it up whenever we're doing votes for gatherings. But, like, that's about it, you know? Yeah, it's yeah, but like that's exactly we've we've proven in a way to yeah, like you said to to really honor the land and really you know change the energy in a lot of these areas. So yeah, to to have a spot that's permanent and to be continuously doing that, I can only imagine what that can potentially turn into or be like. You know, say ten years from now or you know ten years from whenever the hall is built and people have been doing you know something like that for a decade or more you know eventually it's just going to get older and more powerful and like you, you most of us have been into forests or, or areas where we just feel how old everything is you know and i feel like that is how that will potentially be 
And now we take a step back towards picking land again, because that's one of the other things we have to find a, a piece of land that has some like has some energy to it. You know, we don't want to get a piece of land that's desolate and has no energy, no spirits. And like, you know, you can find some, maybe the spirits are asleep, but like at the same time, you know, it's like, I want to find land that has like cool natural elements. Like, you know, the one piece of land we found had like old stone walls, waterfalls, creeks, streams things that make it feel more alive, give it more life and energy. I'm not saying you can't connect to just a forest, but let me tell you, I think all of us can agree that having a stream or other natural features on property really helps that connection and that energy flow. And I really do think having running water really, you know, is a source of energy. Um, so we do want to find a piece of property that is going to be spiritually lifting as much as it is a usable piece of property. So again, that adds a whole nother layer to us trying, trying to find land. Yeah, well, water is definitely life. I mean, we're made up mostly of water, and you can't have life without water. So wherever there's water, there's life. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, one thing, you know, you guys probably haven't heard my thoughts on this, too, because this isn't exactly something that I'm just like, let's talk about how we want the structure of the hall to be as far as, like, how we run things. That's just kind of a boring talk. But now we're going to talk about it because this is how, like, I'm picturing it because I'm sure people have questions of how we intend on doing things or what the conversation is. Like, obviously, I'm not doing this alone. This isn't just me. There are other people behind it. Um, there's a whole community behind it. You know, and so it's not just one person's decisions on how this thing gets run. Um, but the vision currently is that we are not going to formalize. We're not going to become another useless Osotru group. Um, because quite frankly, you know, I think we have seen that Osotru has failed in the United States. Um, I think it has some form of success in other places. Like, you know, I think Iceland has done a pretty good job, but even them, they have run into a roadblock and can't finish their hall that they're building. Um, and it's because they're, you know, their country one doesn't allow them to receive any outside support. And also they don't really want outside support. They want to do it themselves, which is perfectly fine. Um, but then Osetri here really hasn't produced really good, good fruit, um, like no fruit to not good fruit. <laughs> like, um, at least in my opinion, and I think it's a, a pretty shared opinion among many of the community members. But um, so we, you know, we obviously had the conversation, the thought, I mean, we've had a conversation as a group before too, of like, do we formalize? Do we become a 5013C or whatever it is? Um, and once you start looking into what it takes to become one, you're no longer heathen. And I think that's one of the problems that Austria here in America ran into is that once you actually fill out the forms, you formalize, you've become so Christianized, you're no longer pagan because you have to have like basically a, you know, official clergy, clergy training programs, Sunday school, you know, assigned holy books. Like basically you have to blueprint Christianity in a heathen context in order to be a recognized religion here. It's absurd. Um, and, you know, I just don't think, I don't think it's right for heathenry. It's not right for me. And so, and I, I think many people, you know, are in this community because it's not right for them. So the way it has been talked about and envisioned is that this will be a community center. So essentially it'll be built with, by the community for the community. And then anyone can rent it out, you know, just like an Airbnb. And that's how it's going to pay for itself. And it's how it's going to sustain itself is that yes, the wisdom of Odin community can use it. I'm sure they'll either get it for free or a discount. I don't know. We haven't had that conversation yet, but like if say, 10 people in Arkansas said, hey, we're heathen now, we're holding gatherings, can we use your Hoff, you know, for this weekend, because we want to do this. Sure, you know, it's X amount of dollars, come on up, and you can use this land, it's already been cleansed, it's already been venerated, there's ritual spaces, you know, and then we can have multiple layers of stuff is like, okay, do you want us to feed you? We'll feed you, here's the cost of feeding you. Or if you want to bring your own food, great, handle that. So, you know, it needs to be this weird mix of a community center for religion, 
but it has to pay for itself. Like, I think a lot of people don't want to have this conversation, but religion costs money. Life costs money. And you can't just live on goodwill and faith. Like, you have to make money in order to survive. I'm not saying we want to get rich. I'm not saying anyone wants to get rich off this. In fact, it's probably going to cost us all more money behind, you know, who are behind it than it is going to ever make us anything. Um, but really, if it breaks even, done. That's all it really needs to do. Um, but I think it's a great idea. You know, that way, if say, you know, again, like small heathen groups have a chance at doing something, you know, they don't need to be a member of the wisdom of Odin. Like we've talked about having a code of ethics. I mean, like rules that if you break these rules, obviously you can't rent here. You know, like if you are, you know, a belligerent racist, yeah, yeah, you can't rent here. <laughs> you know, like, oh yeah, you guys burn crosses on the weekend. Yeah, you can't rent here. <laughs> uh, and so, you know, there has to be some kind of base guideline because we can't just allow anyone to rent because then all of a sudden you end up bad seeds and things like that. But we also have to make sure it's not gatekeeping. It's not policing. It's not us saying that we're the heathen popes of America. You know, it just needs to be a base guideline. So that way we don't have any, you know, bad news. I mean, obviously if you come in, you damage the property, you trash it up, you know, you come once and all of a sudden you're going to get banned, you know, like, Hey, you guys trashed the property and didn't clean it up. Like you're not good guests. You're no longer getting to rent here. So it's going to be a lot of trial and error. Cause I mean, something like this has really never been done. Like there's a Viking recreation center in, I think, Jorvik and in Norway um, that has similar things um, that kind of happen. Uh, and I haven't really looked too much into those, but this is the first kind of thing like this here in America, where it's going to be kind of open to anyone, even if they're not in the community. Um, we're going to make a lot of mistakes. And I think that is okay because life is mistakes and it's what we learn from those mistakes. So we, nothing's really concrete, but I think we have seen that Ostertree has failed. We've seen its failings. And now we can take what we've learned from that failure and over to this new thing and really make something really successful. There's still going to be more you know, trials along the way, but I think we're getting pretty close to what a modern heathen Hoff in North America should be. Definitely. Um, going back to what you were saying, yeah, uh, if we were to formalize, you would have to make it more Christian because that that was the laws when the founding fathers and the government had set up. You know, it was mostly Christians. Now things are changing. Maybe ten or twenty years from now, the laws will change and we can formalize. Whereas we don't have to lose our identity. And by formalizing, you lose yourself. And that's one thing that I, I know you don't want to do, Jacob, and I know Ian doesn't want to do, is ever lose what makes you you and what makes the wisdom of Odin the wisdom of Odin. Um, well, you know, and I think, too, you know, it's like we don't want to lose who we are as, you know, as a, as a community, and we don't want to impose what we view as community on anybody else. Right, right. And then that's pretty much what formalizing had, did to the true community here, because you, you have a copy blueprint of Christianity. Um, and definitely with the hall, you, you, we're going to make mistakes. We made mistakes with the, putting on the gatherings, and we're, we've right. learned we've learned how to do that better. Bring your you own know. damn towels, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. Just uh, like it's it's a trial and error with everything. You know, whenever you first learning how to fish or hunt, you're not going to get the biggest fish or the best buck because you really don't know what you're doing at first. Right. Is you know it's, that's just a part of life. Yeah, it'll, it'll definitely be a process of trial and error, like most things are when starting new, especially with something that, like you've said, Jacob, has not been done 
really yeah. at all or successfully, you know, especially in the United States, isn't that it hasn't been done. Um, you know, and like you were saying with the with the Osetru community, I mean, they have tried and the way that they went about it just did not really work out long term. Um, you know, and it it's I I feel you know, like obviously I'm not I am not part of the Asajj community overseas or anything like that. You know, but I feel like the community that we have here so far, at least speaking for the Wisdom of Odin community, I feel like we have a very good collection of people that, you know, we've had very few incidences at gatherings where it was just like, okay, somebody like really messed up. Like, yeah, there's been a few things here and there. Uh, people either getting a little too little too drunk you know, et cetera, things like that. But I mean, as a whole community, I don't, you know, I feel like we would be relatively okay as far as not necessarily messing things up too much. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a trial and error thing. And I mean, the, I don't know, I kind of lost my train of thought, but. Oh yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things where it's like, we, we, we learn every time, every time we wake up in the morning, um, it's the same thing with these gatherings. It's the same thing with building this hall. You know, I'm glad we didn't buy that land back in September because we would have been screwed 20 years from now, you know, because that's ultimately what it was. It was landslides, you know, <laughs> like they were like, Oh, you could build here, but like 20 years from now, they're going to be a big old landslide wrap it all out. And so we learned, Hey, you got to look for landslides, but Hey, what if that person didn't tell us there could be landslides and we built something there and it destroyed everything we created. And now we can not only destroy everything created, but maybe hurt people in the process. Right. Uh, and it's like, you know, I'm glad we found out, we learned to what to look for, you know, yes, building next to a mountain sounds dope, but like also building next to a mountain causes landslides. <laughs> um, so it's helped hey, us narrow the search. Right. Well, you're definitely going to have hazards no matter where you in, in the wilderness it's just different hazards right like like here in my area in texas you know you might not have to worry about landslides you might have to worry about hurricanes right <laughs> you know? well i mean that's true if we wanted to build in freaking florida like oh let's get some board, florida beachfront property well you're gonna have to deal with you know landslides and alligator or hurricanes and alligators snakes snakes <laughs> where's the loki loki kit yeah. Oh, well, no, we don't even need Loki kids. We can just send Logan down there. He'll, he'll take care of it. Uh, so um, my, my last thought I really wanted to share on far as like how it's structured is, um, you know, having like one time a year for, I don't want to call it a Renaissance fair, but like a summer fair, because this is something we know they did is they would have a summer fair with everyone's goods and merchandise. And it would be a big thing, lots of food, um, you know, and maybe you do a ritual or two. And that's kind of what I want to see here because I want to make sure that we're not these weird solitary people in the community, wherever we decide to build this thing. I want to invite the community in. I want them to see us as who we are. We're, you know, I feel like there's a lot of stigma around heathenry and paganism. And I feel like when we invite the community in, the you know people who are not pagan, we say, hey, come see who we are. And we have a wonderful summertime. We bring them in, you know, we're making food. We have vendors, you know, craftsmen. Um, you know, people giving blacksmithing tutorials, you know, like, uh, you know, sword fighting and archery, like, yeah, okay, it's basically becoming a Renaissance festival. But then what you do, what you do to not make it a Renaissance festival is on every maybe every night, or maybe on the weekend, you have a ritual, and you say, hey, come check out who we really are. And you have a ritual to show the community, not necessarily to convert them, but to, to show them who we are. Um, because I think once people actually see what he, like modern heathenry is, what, you know, the wisdom of Odin community is, you know, it's going to be like, oh, 
it's not gonna be those oh those weird people on the hill over there yeah they do like pagan rituals and stuff it's gonna become like oh those people like they make great food they know how to party they like make awesome leather and swords like them they're cool people and that's what we have to start doing and to remove that stigma around what we do and that way when we decide to build hall number two hoff number two you know people are like oh you're getting a hoff over there dope like you're gonna eat so well (laughs) yeah i definitely think that doing something like that like you said yeah it does sound like a renaissance fair style thing but i mean yeah it that is it's based off of something that they actually did during you know usually around this late spring early summer was essentially a a fair you know and obviously back then it wasn't called a renaissance fair but yeah it was it was basically a big community thing where yeah stuff that trade like essentially goods were traded food was prepared you know it was yeah essentially kind of like yeah it was a fair it was a fair that's what it was you know there's no other way around it you know as far as describing it but yeah i think that's a i think that's a really good thing to to promote and try to, to try to do because yeah you you get rid of that like that potential weird stigma of oh these people are like you know tree hugging weird pagan people wearing bones and stuff and antlers on their heads and faces etc blah blah blah. you know you get so you, you know that's when you start getting some really weird you know uh, uh that's when why we do the antler stuff during the fall and winter <laughs> <laughs> during the summer no antlers <laughs> keep it cash <laughs> yeah right yeah, exactly exactly so like yeah it, it kind of gets away of the, it gets rid of that that uh almost like that that well, the, the fear of the un, well, the fear yeah, of the, the, fear of the unknown, yeah, because that's exactly. what it boils down to. Right. I mean, think about any small town in America where they, where they always had that one creepy house or that one weird dude oh. or that one, you know, oh, don't go to that junkyard. It's got ghosts right. or something like that. Well, and it's like you can easily become that if you're not careful. Right. Or, or just like being, think about when you're a kid and you lived in your neighborhood and that one abandoned house. Oh, you know, you, you heard so and so say so and so. And, you know, it's right. You know, just they can get out of hand. We have to, you know, keep the public interest long enough for us to get enough heathens to move to that town, and then we take over and we become the town. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of the wild thought too. Like wherever we put this thing, like inevitably people will move near it. And so, like if there's like a town of like two or three thousand people, like one of the places we were looking, like there was a town like ten minutes away, it only had like eight thousand people, and we had that conversation of like, we're gonna like become this town at some point, aren't we? <laughs> I mean, that's, yeah, that's inevitable. I feel like, you know, at at a certain point, because yeah, there are so many people, you know, I mean, sure, if you look at just like the Discord group as a whole, that's 500-ish, right, around that. But then if you were to like look at, say, the the Instagram community or the YouTube community, like that's a much broader spectrum. Well, not to mention, you know, the moment we get this thing, like land purchase or this thing built, it's only going to continue to grow even more. Exactly. We need a a bigger half already. (laughs) Right. Exactly. So, yeah, it's it's going to obviously, yeah, draw that that attraction of of those, you know, of the people that are like-minded like that, where they're going to want to live closer, you know, maybe not in that exact town next to it, but like, it'll be the surrounding areas. Well, yeah, eventually it'll be like a weird (laughs) pagan state. (laughs) Well, well, like that's literally how human society has grown. You know, a a king would found their kingdom there. And then over time, traders would build on it. And then, you know, the guards and everything else. And then it became a town. And that's what will eventually probably happen around wherever we build the hall, except for hopefully we'll have more hall in and just invade that town that's nearby. (laughs) 
Well, yeah. And I think, you know, it's something you mentioned a little bit earlier, Ian, with like having multiples, like, you know, obviously we have a, a pretty, and that's the thing, like we have a pretty substantial group here in the central area, like the Midwest, like Ohio, Indiana, Kentucky, and Tennessee. I mean, there's probably over a hundred of us just in this area. So it makes sense to have something probably in this area. And the same thing with the Southern group, the Southern group is growing quite a bit, you know, so it probably makes sense to build another one in the South. And, you know, as the West, you know, Texas, probably the furthest West we go first, you know, Texas area. Um, if we build a third one and then maybe the Northeast, you know, like we, we're already seeing the roadmap for probably what's going to happen based on like what we see with the numbers we have now. Um, but like, that's a cool idea of knowing that, like, what if we get two built? Like why, you know, at one point in my life, I was just like, oh, if I get one built, I'm going to be satisfied. But now I'm like, how many can we build? <laughs> All right, Odin. We need you to chill out for a minute, bro. We're not in the future just yet. Hey, it's gonna turn into it's just uh, ambition, my friend. Right. Oh, I know, I know. It'll go from until the hall to until the halls. Yeah, like what All am right. I gonna say after it's built? Like I really don't know. Like I'll probably just retire because <laughs> I'll already be like old and gray and wrinkly at the age of thirty-two. Like, no, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that that is an exciting thing to think just about. Yeah, Parker yeah. in the wilderness. <laughs> like we will be trees. <laughs> That's the Jacob tree over there. Yeah, that that will be a <laughs> thing. Jacob. You know, that that will be a thing though. That will eventually probably happen. You know, is you will the community as a whole will have to most likely have others scattered throughout because it's just realistically it's just most likely gonna happen well, i mean that's that's honestly like not really a religion per se but that's how it works you know whenever you, not everybody's gonna be in the same area obviously you, you we have 500 people in the discord they're scattered all around throughout the world you know because we do have international people and who's to say that 20 years from now we're not building a hall in england or somewhere like that you know who knows because we are growing well, I think they're talking Every about day. having their first gathering since lockdowns are lifting there. Mm-hmm. Right. So, like, you know, who knows how many halls you'll have uh, at the end of this, like the community will have at the, the end, end of, of life. <laughs> My well, ripe age is 60, probably. Right. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, at the, at the end of our lives, you know, when we're setting up for future generations, because we can tell times are changing. Um, and whether or not the older generation wants to recognize it, they realize it is is changing you know we're, we're different than what they are the i think um you know like the hardest thing for i mean this is one of the hardest things about communities about leadership about really anything that has a group of people is how do you instill what you have done to the next generation you know for the longest time it's always been children children are the easiest way you know you have them you teach them you raise them but now you know with this new global world and what we live in now we don't know what the world's going to look like in 20 years is it going to be cyberpunk 2077 is it going to be mad max is it going to be better than we think it's going to be i don't know <laughs> and no one really dead. knows yeah like <laughs> no one knows what the world's going to look like next year five years from now 40 years from now we don't know so like, how can we possibly, I mean, I think that's why birth rates are declining. Like we talked about in a couple episodes ago is because no one really knows what the world looks like, you know, shoot 1800, 1700, like you have a kid, like I kind of know what the world's going to look like in the next 50 years. Like life didn't change that much, but life changes so rapidly now. It's scary. It's a scary thought. So I think what these halls are going to provide, what this community can provide is a constant. And I think that's something that for the longest time religion did provide of all different varieties. And it's something that religion lost is giving comfort. And I think it is something people still go back to. They go to Catholic church because it feels comfortable. And I think that's something that heathen, heathenry as a spirituality, as a belief in ourselves feels like. It feels like home, but now we need to give it an actual home. 
Right. Well, I mean, the two most popular days for Christian churches now that you fill the churches up with is Easter and Christmas. Yeah. Well, and I think that's because people naturally don't want to go to church that much. I mean, historically, you know, like in heathenry times, you know, they wouldn't necessarily have religious services all the time. They would have seasonal things. Um, and then, you know, like from what we know about Uppsala, they only did things every nine years. And so it's like, and I think that gives religion a little bit more potency when you're not having it every single Sunday, the same time, the same place, the same songs, the same things, you know, but when you have seasonal stuff, like I, if I was a kid, you know, and I like to think this for my children and I say, Hey, you know, Ostara's coming up. You guys excited? I feel like they're actually going to be excited and it's not going to be like, uh, again, we just did that last Sunday. No, it's going to be every three, four months, you know, let's go to the hall land and, you know, like have a big party, you know, feast, drink, see your friends again, um, you know, see the, you know, the, the friends you see every three or four months, play games, you know, have kid games, have adult games, um, drinking competitions, dice, you know, chess, you know, the, the possibilities are endless for what we can do if we get this thing done. And I think that's the driving force behind it is we have so much potential. Um, and I, I, one thing that I'm really critical on, on heathenry, on Ossetru, Norse paganism, is it's a lot of talking, which is what we're doing right now, and not a lot of doing. And I think by doing something, we show that we mean it. Um, so which is one of the reasons I wanted to have this episode is it it's happening. Obviously, you know, the world's just slowed down, it's starting to pick back up. Hopefully that means this is going to pick back up. We're going to do it. This, it will happen. Mark my words. I mean, literally, if it doesn't happen, you know, I have not fulfilled my life purpose. Uh, and so like, I will just have to die from like in ineptitude. I don't know. But this is my life goal. We're going to get this done and we're going to see it happen. And I feel like the moment we actually see it happen is when a whole new world of possibilities is going to open up for, you know, not just the wisdom of Odin community, but heathenry in general. Oh yeah, definitely. Easily. That'll, that'll change the tide tremendously. Cause it's like, okay, if one guy in Kentucky who a year ago said he's going to build a hall for pagans can do this, then, you know, that might inspire them to do it. Or the gods might come to the next person and inspire them to build another hall somewhere in the world you right know? well i mean first off i definitely don't do this alone <laughs> um and the you know if anything the gods have just made it so i have met people along my way like i mean you guys like any one of the fellowship leaders um i mean really anyone that i work with on these things you know it's going to take a community behind it and i feel like oh. that's what heathenry's missed is a true community that cares for one another no, well, definitely. But I was just saying as an example, that was what you said, your <laughs> mission is and your goal from the one of your earliest videos on your channel. You That's what you've talked about. That's what you've been building toward. And I know whenever it, it does happen, you're probably the happiest man on the planet at that moment. My, uh, my little moment with Odin, every time I go to a gathering at this point and every time I put it on, it really has been since I started doing them. So I always take a time to you know like walk out into the darkness and look at the house and hear the noises of people talking and hear the chatter hear the, the drinking the celebration um and him and i have a brief moment where we raise a cup and we just toast to one another like we did it again and then i have always had this image in my mind of having a hall having long tables with people drinking and feasting and that'll be the time i'll sit there and i'll raise that cup up one more time and cheers one more time um and then i'll probably die <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I or lose an eye yeah. <laughs> yeah oh yeah if i lose an eye at this point i think i said it before i was accepted yeah, right no. so like i was just kind of sitting here thinking like i was just talking about this like can you imagine so just for a second that initial 
gathering of when that hall would be built. Oh, like the no. very first, like, getting a little teary eyed. I feel like you're getting a little teary eyed. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, no, I I'm saw like, it. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can't no, deny it. It'll be, <laughs> but it, yeah, yeah, it, it'll, it, it, yeah, it would be such a, it'd be such a huge accomplishment, not only just for you, obviously, as an individual, yeah, as a community as a whole, as in like that, that party. That that gathering. Oh, that party! Oh my gosh! Oh, dude! I, yeah. I, I, would, <laughs> I would, I would definitely. Whenever the hall gets that first guy, I would make about that. Dude, out there what I want you to picture is like, and again, this modern world we live in—that balance of traditional versus modern. Yes, we want to have a heathen ritual there, but imagine having high lung come play out there, because oh, that yeah. will be a possibility. A, um, amphitheater setup. You know it. <laughs> like hey Wardruna, you want to come play at the hoffman in the united states oh yeah <laughs> mm. wow, i mean that's not, yeah i didn't think of that that, mm-hmm. that is a potential possibility yeah i mean shoot they already did that the orvik center i think like the one they have in Jorvik. uh yeah i know like, I, I think know it's midgard's blue i think yeah i think Wardruna yeah had, i don't know if island has but maybe they have I'm sure i think they have. have they all kind of travel together yeah Hey, yeah, I know yeah, I probably I, already got OC in the Jupiter because as of making this episode, me and him are hanging out again. So, <laughs> <laughs> when's his next music video? Uh, right now, um, I don't know how much I can talk about it, but basically, he's working with a fiddler right now. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, because he's still embracing the Appalachia vibe. Um, so, Appalachian folk, punk, you know, pagan music. Um, so, we're going to be messing around with a fiddler um, as of this weekend. So, I'm, I'm pretty excited for that. Um, to see where that goes but like it's been cool having him like part of the community in a sense of him like you know talking with us and you know being so open about sharing his music I mean obviously his music adorns a lot of my videos and it's cool to, like I I use a lot of Danheim's music but I don't know Danheim I use a lot of OC and the Jupiter's music but I know him which makes it so much more fun <laughs> oh yeah definitely um, but guys uh, we've actually successfully talked about this for about an hour so is there anything else you want to bring up any hopes dreams aspirations for the hoff the hall what do you want it to look like Ooh, i i i don't oh man i i think it should say relatively traditional in its build as far as like historically accurate to a degree obviously there would be potential you know there would be some modernized amenities in it but as far as like structural wise and appearance i'm all about aesthetics for for things like that i think keeping it traditionally aesthetic is what i have always imagined oh no you you whenever you played vahal would not shut up about how much (laughs) yeah exactly yeah yeah the, the more traditional aesthetic of yeah like the the long tables being more, you know, obviously I'm, there's plenty of people in the community that I'm sure could easily do this, but like, you know, handmade where it looks more like, you know, you could tell that that was a tree and not just like a machine piece of lumber, you know, a, a big handmade stone fire pit in the center, you know, things like that, you know, just furs randomly, you know, very, very traditionally almost, you know, Ren Faire-esque in appearance, but I mean, that's just that's just me. I lo- I'm all about the yeah, traditional aesthetics when it comes to certain things like that. I just want mead everywhere available anywhere. Yeah, like um, lost my train of thought. 
So yeah, as far as like aesthetics go, um, I've actually had this conversation pretty extensively and I feel like I've made a good argument. So if you actually look at the Hof designs for Iceland, it's very modern. Like it has the Icelandic minimalist look. It's all concrete. It's all like echoey and like kind of cold and matches Iceland, which I think fits for Iceland. But also I think the modern aesthetic thing is like, they live it. They literally live in a place of the gods, a place that, you know, was designated as the land of the gods and still is like still today, even though like, you know, only like 1% of the population is actually also true. Um, you know, people still talk about the elves. Like that is a common thing there is talking about the elves, the spirits of the land, and they're very protective of the spirits of the land. And so I think since they live it and they've lived it for, you know, ever since Iceland was founded, they don't necessarily seek the traditional aspect. They seek something a little bit more modern and contemporary. Whereas here where everything is contemporary and we don't have culture and heritage, we seek something that is traditional. Uh, and I think that is ultimately the difference between Scandinavian you know, recreation of heathenry and Ossetru is they seek something a little bit more contemporary and we seek something more traditional because we don't have that. We don't, we don't live in fjords. We can't go to burial mounds and things like that, at least not as a Scandinavian, you know, variety. And so when we build something, I think we are seeking something more, you know, traditional, more Hoff-like, you know, fire and wood and dragon heads and things like that. Yeah, and you yeah. pretty much summed it up. Like, yeah, because we don't have it here. We're not used to seeing a Viking hall or knowing, like, the heritage behind all the stuff. I can go see a contemporary building anywhere here. I can't go see a Viking hall anywhere. Right. I mean, I know where you can go see a Viking longship. In well, yeah, but it looks but... like it's in a pretty contemporary building. I mean, you're not wrong. Yeah, it's a contemporary well, like recreation but, of something. Right, like, right. Yeah. Like we, we, we have Viking stuff here, like, but it's just right. not. It's not like yeah. the the Viking Norse what what we picture, you know. How much will we scream if like wherever we buy land, we like go into the woods and we find like an old rune stone? And we just like geek all over the place. <laughs> uh, yeah. If we found an old runestone, I imagine immediately altered, like right there. Just oh yeah. <laughs> especially like if it was like. Uh, Hello, my like, name is Jacob. I'm a Norse pagan. We just found a runestone. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that would be uh, insane. That would be something. Oof. Yeah dedicated to whatever <laughs> like, deities connected to that rune like right everyone there. would feel like a fate quake all over the world like as fate like aligned and like the world is shook <laughs> right <laughs> Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, uh, I've been enjoying this conversation to dream about it. Cause again, it's one of those things where it's like, I think a lot of people have had this dream. It's just like the start of a band thing. Like, you know, so many Americans, mm. you know, especially teenage boys are like, let's start a band. Like, it'd be great. Like, I know how to sing. You play guitar, you play drums. Let's start a band. And then they talk about it and they never do it. I mean, I've done this before, like in high school, I was like, let's make video games, guys. I like graphic design. You kind of know programming. Like you made like one website. And so we should just totally make a video game. And I was like, we should totally make a video game. And then you talk about it and have a dream and it's a great time and so like i love dreaming about the hall i love you know talking about it having these dreams and aspirations to how it will be um but definitely over the last few months we've had the real talks and i think that is you know hopefully is a good sign for you know the listeners out there who are asking you know what about the hall is we're having very real conversations about it um we're dealing with some very real problems and acquiring land for it and what we're going to do and how we're going to fund it like these things are being talked about being discussed being written down and being decided um because that's what it takes to build one of these things it's not just a dream it exists in reality and soon it'll exist in like person in physicality but we got to get there first and we got to do all of our cross all, you know cross all our t's dot all of our i's fill all the forms and do as much research as we can to make sure this thing lasts for generations 
Yeah, agreed. 100%. Yep, yep, yep. I, I, if I built this thing in a year, you should probably not trust me because it's probably not built well. <laughs> right. right. Well, it would I mean, be impressive to like, I bought one acre of land in swamp country. It used to be in an industrial waste and we're probably going to have a landslide here the next year, but I bought it. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it, it takes time like anything else, you know? Yeah. And then there's like the combination of me being, you know, 26, wanting to start a family here soon. I'm like, am I really trying to start a family and build a hall at the same time? Yes, yes, you are. Heck yeah, I am. But yeah, I think we were pretty good for this episode, boys. Um, good conversation, right. um, especially since our, our sadly our guests had to cancel today. So we had to come with a pretty on the fly uh, decision here. But I think it's been a great conversation. I hope our listeners have enjoyed it. Um, but if you are interested on being on the show um, or asking us any questions um, that you want to answer, please email us at thefolkpodcast at gmail.com. And that is all lowercase. Um, we would love to hear from them. We do review those once a month. But just remember that we get a lot of emails and we can't respond to every single one of them um so yeah please email us anyways because we want to hear we usually read them all we do uh it's just getting to them we'll get there we'll get there just email us uh but anyways thank you so much and with a whole hearty until the hall i say skull skull